If you have your Bibles, I would like to encourage you to look in your Bibles for the text that we're going to be doing in Isaiah chapter 9. It's the first one. Isaiah chapter 9. Okay. And I'm going to be reading verses 1 and 2. If, should you have been in Sunday school, we really went into this text quite a bit in Sunday school this morning, and we went all the way to verses 6, but that's gone already. I invite you for next Sunday as we continue to study Scripture and dealt and dive and dealt in them for our nurturing and spiritual growth. Chapter 9 of Isaiah, verses 1 and 2 say as follow. Listen to and for the word of the Lord. Nevertheless, that time of darkness and despair will not go on forever. The land of Zebulon and Naphtali which will, be, will be humbled, but there will be a time in the future when Galilee of the Gentiles, which lies along the road that runs between the Jordan and the sea, will be filled with glory. The people who walked in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. The word of the Lord. The second reading that I have for us this morning is out of the book of Luke, the gospel of Luke. And it is Jesus uh, tired up with his disciples, and he is actually trying to find a space and a time to get away from his disciples and take some rest. Listen to and for the word of the Lord as we share the gospel from Mark chapter 6. What did I say? That was last week. Yeah. I've been stuck in Luke for the last few weeks, if you notice. Now I changed to Mark. So uh, Mark chapter 6, do as you read them, as I say. <laughs> I do that. Now let me clear so you can see. The apostles returned to Jesus from their ministry tour and told him all they had done and taught. Jesus then said, let's go off by ourselves to a quiet place and rest a while. You hear that, Pat? He said this because there were so many people coming, going, that Jesus and his disciples didn't even have time to eat. So they left by boat for a quiet place where they could be alone. But many people recognized them and saw them leaving. And people from many towns ran ahead along the shore and got there ahead of them. And Jesus saw the huge crowd. As he stepped out of the boat. And he had compassion on them. Because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. The gospel of the Lord. In the last three weeks I've been sharing with you about the idea who was there. Who was there in that first Christmas? Who was there that very first Nochebuena, that very first Christmas Eve, that very first Posada, that very first experience of God coming into the world as Emmanuel? The first Sunday we found out that, that there were some strange, strange people and aliens. 
strangers and aliens came down. And they were, in, uh, they were given the responsibility of sharing the good news of great joy. They were the angels were there. And you and I, we found out in that study that you and I are actually strangers and aliens in this land because we don't belong to this world even though we are in this world. And we have the same responsibility as to share, just like strangers and aliens, the great news of great joy. The second Sunday, we, we studied and, and, and we looked for the, the, another group of people that were there. Who was there that first Christmas? Who was there that first Christmas? The second Sunday, we learned that, that um, actually the strangers and aliens were the second Sunday. Who was the first Sunday? Uh-oh. The shepherds were last week. Who, who were there the first Sunday? The prophets. The voice of the prophets, the promises of God, that God will bring a child. That was the first Sunday. Second Sunday was then the strangers and aliens. The first Sunday, which was last Sunday, they were the broken and rejected. The shepherds. Shepherds who no mother would want her daughter in those days to marry a shepherd. Oh, no. And no father would have any sense of pride in their son becoming a shepherd in any way, shape, or form. They were the rejected ones from society. There were actually two people that were very much rejected in the first century Israel. And they were the tax collectors first, and the shepherds came then. They couldn't even go to church. They couldn't even go to the temple. They couldn't even present offerings to God. But it was to those very people that were rejected by society, that were broken by their own way of life or the way that they connected with society. It was to those that God decided to share the good news of great joy. Broken and rejected like we are. Broken and rejected. But yet it was to them that the shepherds were given the news. Not only to them, but then the one that they were told about became the good shepherd. The good shepherd became the leader. So we were there in expectation of the prophecies and promises of God. We were there as strangers and aliens in a foreign land in which we are, but with a responsibility of sharing great news of great joy. We were there, broken and rejected, as we have experienced in our lives, but yet called by the Good Shepherd to follow Him. This morning, I want to share a little bit about who was there. But I have a cousin. I have a cousin who, who, who is a teacher, and she wanted to go to Alaska to see the whales and to go whale watching. Now, this was back in the 70s. Okay, So forget all the technology that we have now. We didn't have that technology. So she saved a lot of money to go from Puerto Rico to Alaska, to get on a boat tour and go whale watching right off the stretch, I mean, the strait right there in Juneau. And she had that wonderful, uh, what was that, that company? Uh, uh, the camera company was very famous in the back, Kodak. Remember Kodak? They did my glasses, by the way. They don't do cameras. Um, they, they do photocopy machines. They don't do cameras. Uh, but, but she had a wonderful, very expensive Kodak that she saved every money. And, and she was there in the boat in Juneau, Alaska. That, uh, it was April. It was just beginning to thaw. And things were. And as she was there, and suddenly this huge whale came up. Well, she went for the camera, and when she, it was gone. She missed it. Now, she did get drenched. That's the picture. She missed it. She was so busy trying to do stuff with her camera. She was so busy trying to get the right 
filter. In those days, you had to screw them in into your lens. That she missed it. However, she knows that it was a whale because she got drenched. She was soaking wet. She never saw it, but she was soaking wet by it. Who was there? Let's go back to that. Who was there? Well, Bethlehem was the town where Jesus was born. Bethlehem was spoken in the Old Testament as a city of David. David was born there. Samuel actually anointed David close to the city of Bethlehem. Bethlehem means house of bread. The bakers of Jerusalem lived there. It was a little city, about 200 people, La Vigita, a very small village. Uh, and it had business. There were, uh, the ship industry was there. There were bakers, obviously, who would feed the different stores and agoras up in Jerusalem. And so there was some activity in the city. And that's where Mary and Joseph arrived. Who was there? Well, the townspeople were there. Everybody was doing their thing. Everybody was busy. Actually, it was probably worse. Because at the time, the town had swelled in population. If it was 200 people, there were probably 500 people there. Because now there's no room at the inn. The only hotel in town, like the Holiday Express here. There was no place else. And it was swollen. There was a lot of people there. Everybody was busy. Everybody was doing their thing. And no one noticed that God was in Bethlehem. No one noticed. Actually, God told people outside of Bethlehem and they came in. And I'm sure the shepherds, the scripture tells us, they went out joyfully telling others. They probably didn't believe them. They were shepherds after all. Why would they believe them? But they were there, busy, busy, and busy. That reminds me of our time here. See, God was in Bethlehem, and nobody noticed. Was everybody so busy? Was everybody, was things were so important that nobody noticed God? That reminds me of the way we tend to celebrate Christmas in our cities here. You see, I went out there this weekend, and I took some pictures of what I saw out there. Very busy people, busy sidewalks, everywhere, shopping here and there. And it wasn't Manhattan. That's just our mall. This was Saturday morning. <laughs> the adventure of going into the mall on Saturday, spending an hour to take pictures and leave, it took me, you know how long? Five hours. And people were there. Oh, I, I didn't take that picture. I wouldn't have been in that mayhem. Everybody going for that one TV, 50-inch? God, you have no more. We're fighting for gifts, for stuff. Fighting for stuff. By the way, are there any children there? They look like it. Grown children. And then the parties, great parties. I still believe that Lot of Hope should be the congregation that throws the best, biggest, baddest party in the whole block. Who agrees with me? Not enough. Okay, I'll work it out through the year. Maybe next year we'll work it out. Okay? We should be the ones celebrating, throwing out the, uh, the party through the window. Is that what it says? Tirando la party por la ventana. Doing something real weird. We should be the ones. However, God was in Bethlehem. And no one noticed. So I asked myself, is God in the mall? Was God in the mall where I was in, in, in Cumberland Mall? Well, I found some stuff. Look, that was there. 
evergreens. Why are evergreens related to Christmas? Eternal life. Eternal life. Why are Christmas trees related to Christmas? The tree of life. It goes back to that. So, yeah, now do they know? Do people who go through there, they say, enter, enter eternal life? That's what I read. But they didn't know. No one knew what they were looking at. Actually, there were gifts. Oh, look at that beautiful ornament of gifts. It actually was an, an ark of gift boxes all across the mall. And people are going crazy buying gifts. And they don't realize that the reason why we celebrate is because God gave us the biggest gift of all in Jesus Christ. Was God in the mall? And we just don't see God? And maybe if we see it, we don't remind others. I saw this, and this is the way, uh, is Larson here, Beverly Larson? Larson, see the rotunda? Girl, okay. I love the arrangements of those circles with lights and stars. Uh, and you know our rotunda may be missing something like that for next Christmas. Get ideas? But what are they looking at? What are people walking under? Light. What is Christmas all about? Jesus being the light of the? God is speaking through symbols. God is speaking. Stars. The star of Bethlehem. Stars are there. And God was speaking. However, my favorite store that I very seldom go to takes the cake. Oh, it takes the cake. And I'm going to show you the flagship store of Macy's on Harold Square, 34th Street in New York City. And guess what their slogan for Christmas is? Believe! Believe! Is God out there in the city? Is God trying to communicate something to us? The question is, do we see it? Do we hear it? Do we engage it? Do we even respond to it in any way, shape, or form? You see, God is present and not noticed. God is revealed and no one thinks about him. God is kind of obvious with that one, but no one understands it. God is speaking and no one listens. We get so busy celebrating Christmas that we leave God out of it. We forget the reason for the season as it's the slogan. So when you go out there this following week and you see the lights and you see the evergreens and you see the stars and you see the mangers, engage somebody in conversation. Ask them, do you know what that means? Do you know what that is? Because most people walk under all those gifts and never knew that God gave them the biggest gift of life. They walk through that evergreens and they never know that God is offering them eternal life. They walk in through the lights and they never know that Jesus is the light of the world. You see, my aunt missed the, the whale. She missed the whale. But she doesn't regret it because she got drenched by the whale. Take care of the air. She's going to work. Is that your purse? No. Okay, good. So she actually got drenched. She knew there was a whale. She took the picture and she was so joyful. After spending all that money, I would be too. <laughs> Joyfully sharing. I didn't see it, but look, it got me wet. 
And I wonder if in that same way, people who are walking through our cities, our towns, our malls, our villages, are seeing the beauty of the holiday and yet not responding. Or I wonder to what degree we are called to remind them that you can get drenched with the lights, that you can get wet with the love of God because basically the biggest gift of all was God's love in Jesus Christ. God's revealed love in Jesus Christ. He drenched you. God drenched us. God wants us all to get wet because we were there. We were there. We were there seeking, hoping, broken, rejected. We were there and God revealed God's self to us. I pray this season that as, as God shows himself to some of us, that you will have no other option but respond to God. Allow God to speak to you. Allow God to show you a new opportunity of faith and spirituality. Allow God to be God in your life. You see, we were there. We were there because he came for us, the struggling, the seeking, the ones who are trying to make it, the ones who are persevering, striving and toiling, confused as we are. We were there because he is Emmanuel, God with us. Let us pray. Dear God, we thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mighty presence in our town. But we pray that you will open our eyes, will open our ears, will open our hearts so that we may receive your love, so that we may be sensitive to your call and respond in gratitude. Through Christ our Lord, we thank you so much. Amen. And amen.